1: future we're talking real money
0: hey everybody i'm don mcdonald welcome to another exciting edition of talking real money the podcast this would be the end of the week podcast uh, which means i'm recording this on friday the 21st of january and given that it is the end of the week podcast it has become a tradition now for it to be all about or mostly about your questions and my answers to those questions so that's what we're going to do again because we still have a lot of questions that need answers and those came in by the way a couple of ways you can ask questions several ways most common is to call 855-935-TALK and that'll get you through to our live Saturday show which airs from 3 to 5 eastern noon to 2 pacific but it will also take you to our computerized answering doohickey and you can record your question to record your questions and then i'll answer them generally on fridays during the week sometime but most of the time it's on friday the other way to send in a question you can speak them like you would a a voicemail by going to talkingrealmoney.com and just use the microphone on your computer and by now you should have a decent microphone on your computer you really should because we get we do so much on so much communicating now on our computers uh you can also type your questions at TalkingRealMoney.com. And if you have a bigger, broader, really long question, well, then go to Vestry.com. That's our investment advisory firm. And make an appointment with one of our advisors because we will give you free time to help you solve a problem or get started. And uh, we don't pitch you anything, no high-pressure sales pitch, no obligation, no cost, just some free time. So uh, there you go. I think I told you how to do it. Oh, one other thing I did want to mention. Now, bear in mind, this is around lunchtime on the East Coast on Friday when I'm recording this. And uh, so far this week, we try not to pay any attention to the stock market, right? Right? Because it doesn't always go up. I know we wish it would, but that is not a reasonable wish. Stock market doesn't always go up. It goes down sometimes. Now, the good news is it has in the past gone up more than it has in the past gone down. So one would expect that any decline in the value of the market will eventually, we don't know when eventually is, turn around. This week, yes, if you're just in the S&P 500, which we think is foolish, you would have lost, I don't know how the day is going to end, but around 5% of your portfolio, a little less. If you were globally diversified just in equities, you'd be down about 3%. So, you know, it's not been a great week, but bear in mind, it's part of the price you pay for the outsized returns that stocks have delivered over the course of decades or a century even, at least that we can track. Let's get to some questions. Uh, Let's see. The first one came in. Uh, Via Talking Real Money. This was recorded on a microphone at the TalkingRealMoney.com contact page. And it sounds, you'll hear, it It sounds really good.
2: Hey, guys. I absolutely love the show. This is Brian calling in. I've been listening uh, every day for um, probably almost a year now. So I'm actually calling because I was hanging out with a friend the other day. uh, And the topic of investing came up. And uh, my buddy, he's 37. Uh, We're hanging out. And he goes, you know what? You sound like you know a lot. Uh, I got about, you know, I got some money just sitting there in a bank account and I want to start investing it. I want you to help me. And he's telling me this and I'm like, okay, well, so, you know, I told him to take the risk quiz. First of all, I sent it to him and I told him I'd come over and help him set up something basic just to get started. And what I'm thinking for him, since he expressed the uh, desire to want to start You know, making the the distributions around age 59, which for him would be, I guess, in 22 years since he's uh, 37. So he's got 22 years. So I said, you know, to myself, I said, what if we set him up just something simple since he's never done this before, but I also want him to be tilted towards something a little more profitable. So I'm thinking I want to put him 80% in VT, 20% in AVUV. And I want to tell him, yo, when you turn 50, Go over to to talking real money and talk with Vestery because I, I know at age fifty he's going to want to start you know probably gliding towards some more bonds in that portfolio. I don't want to set him up with a target date fund because he's going to have I'm going to set him up with a Roth and with a taxable. And I know holding that target date fund and a taxable m- might not be the right move. And plus, I want him to be all at M one since it's such an easy uh, place to rebalance and and stay you know within your your allocation with the the pie that they have. So I want him to just be in VT and AVUV 80-20. And then I think number three, it'd be great for him to get an advisor when he turns 50 anyway and have someone else help glide him down into his ultimate allocation, which might be 60-40 stocks and bonds. So yeah, just to recap, I'm going to get him in 80% VT, 20% AVUV. Tell him, you know, 13 years when he turns 50 to go talk with you guys and start working with an advisor so he can start... Getting towards his ultimate, you know, allocation when he turns fifty nine, um, but those are the training wheels I want to get him going, and you know, have him start developing the habit of uh, investing. I want him to do ten thousand a year to start and increase that by three percent. He makes good money, so I think he can he can develop that habit pretty easily. I, I guess you know anything you notice that I'm doing wrong, please just point out, you know, because it's kind of a big responsibility advising your buddy on that. Um, but I guess my actual question is that I guess I feel a little nervous about putting them in twenty percent AVUV and having that not be globally diversified small value. Should I be doing ten percent AVUV, maybe five percent AVDV, um, or six percent AVDV and four percent I don't know AVEM or something like that? I don't know. Just uh, asking about the the small value if that should just be all U.S. small value. I put them in. So it's a simple two fund portfolio or should I be doing a little more complicated? So he's got more global diversification in that small value portion. Thanks guys. I really do appreciate it.
0: Okay, Brian, you just take over the show. Really? I, I'm going to take the rest of the day off. You're, you're fine. You should just be giving out the advice. <laughs> it's good advice. I mean, really keeping it simple is not a bad idea. Uh, if you want to, To help him make it a little bit more complicated, there is a way. AVUV is the small cap value ETF from Avantis. But Avantis also has an ETF that's small cap international value, and that's AVDV. So you could do 10% in AVUV, 10% in AVDV, and 80% in VT, uh, which will give you an aggressive portfolio but not horribly aggressive. It's aggressive. Again, this is the kind of portfolio that in the past would have declined by about 50%. But your friend is doing something that should ameliorate that concern. And that is, as a matter of fact, he should be excited about buying right now because prices are down a little bit. He's getting more for less. If they go down more ne- uh, next year, great that he's getting even more for less because it's better that the market go down when you're accumulating, but it's going to go down at some point anyway. As long as he's good with that, I think that this makes sense. This makes great sense for somebody with a 20-year horizon, uh, 20-year hopefully plus horizon, You know, 59. You know, it's funny when I hear people in their 30s saying they're going to retire at 59. I remember thinking something very, very similar. And, and now I'm several years past 59, and it's like, what the heck would I do if I was retired? I can't think of anything that'd be that fun. So uh, he could change his mind. Conservatively, I would say conservatively, he could average about 7% per year, given the fact that a portfolio like this in the past would have averaged 10 or more. Um, so let's say conservatively 7, that puts him you know half a million plus bucks at age 59 so pretty good and i also agree with you on the advisor thing it's something you tend to need when not just the portfolio needs to go into a uh, withdrawal phase when you need to start glide pathing down but because life gets more complicated when you have a larger portfolio you have other sources of income you've got estate planning issues you got tax issues it, it it There just needs to be more guidance as our portfolios get larger and we get older. So, yeah, I think it makes sense down the road. It doesn't make sense right now. It's not cost effective. And he's in accumulation phase right now, which is the easiest part. Yeah, easy. As long as you have the discipline to continue to accumulate. But very, very good advice, Brian. Thank you so much for sharing it for others to listen. You did. You did well. Thanks. Our phone number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. And our next question does, in fact, come in via the phone line.
3: Hi, good morning. My name is Maggie. Uh, I have a question regarding my daughter's uh, Roth IRA account. I set up the Roth IRA, and I have a total stock market, VTSAX, and international growth. VWIGX but I thought you would recommend the total international index fund and um, the the VWIGX international growth fund, it didn't um, have a good performance last year 2021 so I'm just wondering should I switch that uh, VWIGX to uh, the Total International Index Fund. Um, Could you give me uh, guidance? Thank you very much for your show. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you, Maggie. Thanks for the call. Um, Okay. Um, Let's just... What what do you have right now are Vanguard mutual funds. You have the International Growth Fund, which is not one of our favorites. Um, It is not... An index fund. It is an actively managed fund. We're not big fans of actively managed. Now, that doesn't mean that it's bad or good, either one, um, but it does mean it's actively managed, which means you're paying more. The expense ratio is about 10 times higher than a typical Vanguard index fund. So that's one of the reasons we wouldn't like it now i don't want you to get in the mindset of of following performance global international not global international markets did not do as well last year as the u.s markets did that's part of the reason why you own international in your portfolio so therefore i would probably have everything in something like vt um because remember vtsax the vanguard total stock market index fund is also just the u.s so yeah it would have done better last year but what about in years when the u.s doesn't do as well i'll give you an example so far this week when i recorded this as of friday around just afternoon uh If you owned a globally diversified portfolio this week, you would have lost about 3%. If you'd owned just the S&P 500, which is the U.S. big cap funds, you would have lost almost 5%. So we may be seeing it. We don't know. We don't know. That's why we diversify. I would suggest that your daughter would be far better off in VT, the Vanguard Total World Stock Index ETF, which has very, very low cost and uh, easy to get. Because you're not going to be second-guessing the two markets. You're just going to look at that fund and go, oh, okay, that fund. It's really broadly diversified. I think that would be a better idea than trying to go international U.S. and then down the road go, "Well, oh, the U.S. beat the international. Maybe I should get out of that. No, I think you should be in, in, in a well-diversified fund right now for her probably. And VT's very likely a good bet. Maggie, thank you for the call. We appreciate it very, very much. And uh, let's do another one that came in. From
4: TalkingRealMoney.com. Tom and Don, this is Gates from Alabama, and I really appreciate your show. I I look forward to it. I laugh at it, but I learn a lot from it, and it's truly appreciated. I appreciate the fact that they're very regular podcasts, and they're not hour long, and and you learn a lot in a short period of time. You've been really helpful in the past on questions regarding Roth conversions, and Today is just a detailed question. I have the majority of our, our taxable accounts in Vanguard. I'd like to uh, begin to put money into their small cap value offerings. And I'm comparing uh, their Vanguard Small Cap Value Index Fund, VSIAX, with our small cap value ETF, VBR. Both have seven basis points as expense ratios. Both of them appear to only provide or distribute quarterly dividends. Uh, The mutual fund would be more convenient for me because once you establish an account at $3,000 then you can put in small amounts uh, periodically whereas with ETF you have to buy whole shares I'm not aware of being able to purchase partial shares through Vanguard. Uh, you've commonly said that you tax advantage is better for the ETFs, and I'm just not actually seeing how that is much difference between BSIAX and VBR. Just like your thoughts on this. I appreciate your time. Y'all have a great day.
0: Well, Gates, thanks for the call. Um, <laughs> the, the ETF should be slightly less. Taxable than the mutual fund. And I'll explain why. But it, it's not going to be dramatic. Not going to be dramatic. So we're we're getting into a little teeny tiny issue that may be not worth bothering with. If it's easier for you to get in the fund, although what's the share price? The end the share price for the VBR is like 170 bucks somewhere around there. But here's where the difference lies. When the vanguard small cap value mutual fund not the etf which is the v t no which one was it again (laughs) vanguard hold on I, i lost it i had it here small cap value there we go I don't know why it went off my page, V-S-I-A-X. When V-S-I-A-X sells a position in a particular stock because it makes up too much of the portfolio, whatever the reason might be, and they sell that stock at a profit, they must distribute that profit to shareholders who will then show it as a taxable long- or short-term capital gain on their uh, on their tax statements they get every year so on the vt though when they sell everything happens internally and that does not have to be distributed that can get reinvested within the etf it stays in the warehouse the the uh, etf home it doesn't leave it's just a slight tax difference so you will not on et on the etf have distributed capital gains on which you have to pay taxes all of the accrued capital gains will be taxable when you sell in the future but it eliminates those little dribs and drabs of uh of short-term gains along the way other than that you're not going to see a hill of beans a difference between the two that's it but it is a difference and for someone in a high bracket with lots of money invested it might make a difference a little it's not big. Thank you so much. I appreciate you asking the question. And I hope that helped. 855-935-TALK is our phone number. Remember, you can send questions in by calling that number or by sending them in at TalkingRealMoney.com. But next, we take a call from the phone.
5: Well, I have a lot of money in Vanguard, uh, and therefore, I have an advisor in Vanguard. Uh, but I have... A- also, a lot of money that I consider to be my safe money outside of the stock market. And I feel that I really need some advice on what to do with all that money outside of the market. But I, I'm not quite satisfied with the availability as well as the advice that I get from my Vanguard advisor about all these other issues. Uh, Maybe his job is more concerned with just the money I have in Vanguard. So maybe I need an outside advisor also. So that's my question. Should I try to get another advisor? Thank you.
0: Well, uh, this is one of the the downsides to the Vanguard personal advisor services. They're they're good services as far as they go and that is advising you as to your account at vanguard but you only pay three tenths of a percent a year for that so you you've got to know that when you're paying that little that your service is going to be limited a full service fee only advisor who charges one percent per year which we think is probably about right up to one and a quarter maybe a year you're going to pay more in fees every year but you're going to get a broader suite of services. You're going to get advice for for those assets that are held away, is what it's called, held away somewhere else, where the advisor doesn't get paid for those, but they advise on those. So you see, if you're paying someone one percent per year to advise on your investments, but they're also helping advise you on you know a million dollars that's held away, uh, technically you're only get you're only paying about half a percent. For all the assets, plus you're going to get more in the way of uh, of you're not going to get tax preparation, but tax advice, planning advice, uh, withdrawal advice, uh, portfolio changes, of, and how, and working the pieces together. You see, that's the thing is that all of the disparate pieces need to work as one whole, and that's what the huge advantages to a fee only. fiduciary advisor who's full service, not somebody from Vanguard or necessarily or somebody from one of the brokerage firms, because they're going to limit the advice in some cases. Some are really broad, but in most cases, like Vanguard's, they limit the service. So while the Vanguard advice is great for the Vanguard account, if you have a far more complex portfolio, financial life, you probably need to shop for a really good fee-only advisor. And we've got great resources to help you do that of course we are one but we're not telling you we're the only one there are we give you the names of others who we think do a good job we think should do a good job because we think they follow the same belief system that we have and who charge fair fees Uh, and you can find all kinds of good advice on finding another but i would not have both another advisor and the vanguard advisor i would just i would let your new advisor consolidate the accounts that are consolidatable including the vanguard one which they can do at no cost to you so go to talkingrealmoney.com slash help talkingrealmoney.com slash h-e-l-p and uh, read some of the stuff there i think it'll help thanks for the call we appreciate it Eight five five nine three five talk is our phone number and let's do one more question shall we phone question versus the other.
6: Hello, Don and Tom. Dr. P here from King of Prussia, Pennsylvania. It's my first time leaving a question. Uh, I found your podcast through Paul Merriman in early 2021, and I've been listening since. Enjoy you guys very much. Uh, One thing I do appreciate is you try to keep investing simple, and along those lines, here's my question. You have recommended VT, the Total World Stock ETF fund, many, many times. And I see this has over 9,000 holdings and gets you to about a 60-40 split U.S. to international. I'm thinking it might be better to use two funds, VTI, Total Stock Market U.S., and then VXUS, Total International Stock Market. So combined, these two funds have almost 12,000 in holdings. So I wanted to ask you, do you think this is an improvement over using just VT? You know, the thinking is it's only a two fund combination, so it still allows for simplicity. So just just wondering what your thoughts are on the one total market,
0: world market fund versus the, the two funds. Thank you. Appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you, Doc. Hey, uh, <laughs> we, we only suggest VT, one, because it's really simple really really ultimately simple for somebody who's just getting started putting a couple hundred bucks a month away just do vt you know just do vt because it's easy to do you can do it through any brokerage account anywhere uh with little or no fee hopefully no fee at the discounters so it is sheer simplicity if we were doing this for us we would make the process far more complicated Matter of fact, my portfolio is far more complicated than that. I've got emerging markets and small cap value and all this other stuff. However, just making it one step more complicated isn't making it crazy. As a matter of fact, if you go to talkingrealmoney.com, and I'm going to do that right now, right along with you, and you scroll down the page to, to, to popular show topics, you will see three funds at three groups. There's a story. And if you look through those... You'll go, oh, look, we, we suggest Vanguard Total Stock. In- See, now, these were funds. The Vanguard Total Stock Market Index, the Vanguard Total International Stock Index, and then the balance fund for bonds. So absolutely, go ahead and use VTI and VXUS because then you can get closer to what the, the numbers actually are. And you're right. You do get more diversification with the two portfolios they clip a little off at vt so by all means the only trick is the only complication is now every year you probably need to rebalance for example last after last year the the uh the vti did better than VXUS, which would mean you would be selling off some of your vti which had done well so you're gonna have to sell some of your loser to buy are still some of your winner to buy some of the loser. And that's hard for a lot of people. If you can do it, it's, I mean, it's not that hard, then I think you'd probably be better off long-term. You should have a slightly lower level of volatility. Thank you so much. Thanks for the question. Thank you all for your great questions. Thank you all for listening to Talking Real Money. Thank you all for telling people about Talking Real Money. And if you get a chance, tell some more people. Go to Apple Podcasts. I know some of you don't use them, but it really, really helps. I'm trying to get our ratings up. See, when I go to the top of the charts at Apple Podcasts and go under, see, we're now all lumped under business. It's a terrible thing. They lumped everybody under business. So the trick is to get into the top 200 of business. Now, we've been there, but we've dropped out. Like I go down here to two hundred. I mean, this is this a business podcast really? Style your mind, uh, I guess. Eat eating while broke, but see, there's so many podcasts popping up. They're pushing us down. So help. S- go to Apple Podcasts and uh, and and it's not subscribe anymore. What is it? Let's see. It's oh, it's called follow. And for some reason, that's a big deal in their algorithm. Just hit the follow. Let's see. Talking real money. Uh, yeah. Double checking. Oh, there we are. Look at our little ugly mugs. Yeah, there's a follow button over on the right. You hit follow and then you're following it. It gets a little check mark. And uh, also from there, you can uh, you can share the show. You can also share individual episodes with this little three dot thing that you like a lot. You can share it. All kinds of ways with individual people. You mail. You can do it on Facebook or whatever. And then at the uh, further down, the other thing that's nice is when you leave a review, particularly if you like us. Except for the, I mean, you know, so we. <laughs> I, I I've discovered you can't be on talk. I knew this for years. You can't be on any kind of a talk radio service without making people mad. We do occasionally, but. Most of you are happy. Thanks so much. I'm going to go away now in my Friday. Well, I have to edit this thing, so take care of yourselves. We'll talk soon. Uh, Saturday, call us live between 3 and 5 Eastern, noon to 2 Pacific at 855-935-TALK when we talk on Como Radio. That becomes a podcast next week. Take good care. I'm Don McDonald.
1: Talking real money.